Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. The man, the myth, the legend, Batman himself. <laughs> so, uh, the man with the tool belt when it comes to creative acquisition. So, Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks awesome. for having me. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's awesome. And we've got, obviously, John over there. Hi. And we've got Tim, the, uh, I think he's... Robin to your Batman. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, well, the other, uh, only he's, other option he's is Batgirl. That's a pretty substantial Batman himself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> wow, there you go. I'm, Never thinking, mind. I'm thinking spandex right now. That's all I'm thinking. That's what I'm just... do, do they know the story of Batman? Of no. Why I it's Batman? I think no. most people don't understand why okay. we call you Batman or why we went with Batman as a theme today. So that's a great segue. Into maybe sharing a little bit about sure. the, the story of Batman. Sure. Um, you know, I I always talk about superheroes, and different superheroes are different because they have different abilities. Well, you know, Superman is a superhero because he can do things other people can't do because he's from outer space. He's different. Uh, Spider Man is a superhero because he has the strength of a bug. You know, I mean, he's he's different. You know, uh, right. he was bit by a spider. Batman is different in that. He simply uses his intelligence and his resources to to do what he does. There's nothing special about him. I tell people he's probably a real estate investor because he's got lots of cash. But <laughs> he he uses creativity, and so that's why Batman is my favorite superhero, and Very so cool. that's why people kind of nickname us Batman because right. we are creative and we use our resources, not anything special, nothing that nobody else has. Right. And there you have it. Now everybody knows. Right? And we'll we'll keep this on file, I guess. Because <laughs> I think I've heard this before, right? But it's not because I wear spandex, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So so creative acquisitions, right? So for those of you out there that don't know about Chris, Chris started out as a school teacher. Now, refresh my memory. What grade? I taught in high school English for 10 years in the public schools in Illinois. And um, uh, my mother had been a real estate investor. She was a school teacher as well. And I'd seen her success. And when my wife uh, wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, uh, we wanted to empower that decision. So I needed to do something more. I needed to do something different. And so we decided that real estate was an avenue that that, uh, I could be successful at. And so I started buying some rental real estate in Illinois, and it just kind of uh, kept growing from there. And eventually, um, you know, 300 plus units later, uh, it's it's what I do. It's really become my passion. Look at your face, man. 300 <laughs> units later. 300 units later. Yeah. Uh, so, so. And it had awesome. to be creative because on a teacher salary, you don't just uh, right. buy right. Um, hundreds of, of properties. On an yeah. Illinois teacher salary. On an Illinois teacher salary. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe out here, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Okay. Awesome. So, so obviously, the, the things that you teach and the things that you do on a daily basis are, are really based on your experience and what you had to, I guess, the obstacles you had to overcome, mm-hmm. right, to, to really be, develop that creativity, if you will. Right. Yeah, I teach uh, classes in, in creative acquisition. Uh, uh, I teach classes in, um, you know, a- avoiding pitfalls in real estate. And I teach classes in, um, you know, buy and hold, fix and flip. It's really all about math and, and making sure. The, the biggest mistake people are going to make is with uh, their math. Um, real estate is a very forgiving industry, given enough time. And if you don't 
do the math wrong. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so uh, that's, that's the biggest challenge. And then uh, there are people out there who can help you, and there are people out there who will hurt you. And so we just have to be aware of those things. So, so just being aware, uh, being educated, that's the most important thing. Sure. So I like to say that uh, the numbers never lie unless you lie about the numbers. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of people who do. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing a lot about like the wholesalers who send me deals. Right. Now. Right. <laughs> right. Everything's great, right? There's like a $700,000 margin on this. That's right. But not really. So very cool. So now you guys, um, so you've, you've missed how many of his classes? Oh, I, I don't think I've ever missed an entire class, um, but there's been a couple times where I had homeowner meetings. Probably twice I've missed sections of Chris's class, but I'm typically here and absorbing everything I possibly can. Yeah, and that's, that's the key in our business, right, is to your point, Chris, that get educated, be good with math. <laughs> right. right. But, but definitely the, the crux is get educated, understand what to do, what not to do, and then surround yourself with the right people. Right. right. So... Now, John, you, you've done some creative stuff as well, and mm-hmm. I know that a lot of it came from uh, listening to Chris and Tim. And Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I remember sat in Chris's class for the first time because I, I wasn't able to go to Chris's class kind of first, first year, first year and a half, and then eventually I was able to attend the class, and I sat there for whatever it was, six hours, and it just blew my mind for the entire time. But it was, you know, you've just got to listen very carefully. It's... It's very creative, but at the same time, the way Chris brings it across is very simple. You can, you can be very creative. You've just got to have it all organized. So for me, the idea of you know, even something like Subject 2 or something like that, it just didn't make sense to me. But then eventually, now we're, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. We, we just got a new one up in Hemet that we're looking at now, and we're getting very creative, taking the mortgage over Subject 2, splitting, uh, doing an equity split with the homeowner as well, you know, all the numbers make sense. But, you know, for me, I don't, I don't have access to Chris every day. So Tim's my next stop. And, you know, hey, Tim, can I ask you about this deal? Can I talk these numbers through? And I know Chris has uh, obviously learned from the best. Uh, sorry, Tim's learned from the best with Chris. So right, right. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. So, you know, the cool thing about that is that, so you're, you're going off and doing your own thing now and being creative about it. Mm-hmm. And Tim's off doing things. Tim and I work together pretty close, and we're doing things. And a lot of people learn from us, right? So it's kind of like you, there's this ripple effect that you've created, Chris. Absolutely. It makes me feel really good. It <laughs> does. You know, I know. You know, um, I, for a couple of years, I, I taught with the guru programs out there. Uh, uh, there was a promoter out of Florida, and we would go out uh, every weekend and be teaching different real estate trainings, um, and I would be representing different gurus because it was just a, a promoter. We were just hired guns. And I knew that the people in those classes, um, that uh, anybody could do it. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that most of them would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's primarily because they won't get involved with a group of people who are doing it. And, and that's the difference. Um, people who, who say, you know, hey, that guy on TV, he, he did that deal and took him... 30 minutes to do it, I think I can do that in 20, you know, and, right. and uh, those are the people who are destined for failure because they're not seeking mm-hmm. the right uh, resources, they're not seeking the right people to lean on, and there are a lot of people who will uh, who will educate you and, and who can educate you, there's a lot of people who can put it together, the most important thing people can do is get involved in a group that is doing uh, what what they 
envision themselves to do and uh, and move forward with that support system and that network because without it it's very hard i mean i had my mother i mean that's that was that was my group but but right. absent of that i wouldn't have been able to do anything nice very good advice it's uh, it's, it's similar to the challenges that we face right getting started mm-hmm. do you do you think that from the creative perspective do you, do you think do you think people too often try to get too creative you know, I, I think that a lot of people um, hear creative strategies, mm-hmm. and because there may be a deal there, uh, the creative strategy may work. The then they will fudge on their numbers. Right. Um, I was I was teaching a, a a group in Omaha this past week, and uh, after the session, that was before I got here. Uh, <laughs> been a busy week. Um, after the session, a guy came up to me and said, "Okay, if if I wanted to to um, um, fudge on the numbers, I, I have a house. <laughs> yes, what it was. I mean, it, that was his question. I have a house I'm interested in. I think I've got it worked out where there's the deal. But uh, um, if I wanted to fudge on the numbers, which of these numbers could I fudge on? And, and, and the answer is don't. You know, it's right. not a deal. If the numbers don't work, yep. don't do that deal. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. I, technically, you can fudge on your profit. I mean, that's <laughs> because ultimately that's what's going to suffer uh, if you fudge on the numbers. Right. But um, you know, it's it's amazing. A, a lot of people can deliver information. Um, I believe that uh, there are people who can deliver it more understandably than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of information out there. Uh, the most important thing is um, taking action and being involved with an organization that can um, that can help that that you can just kind of um, lean on and and uh, you know commiserate or be excited about. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's like being in a family. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I appreciate that because that's when I was starting out. That was my challenge, right? Is I went, I chased a lot of, I chased the dream, and I chased education. <clears throat> and inevitably, right, I was left with, okay, so I learned something. Now what? What's my next step? Where am I going to go? And really, nobody to ask questions of, mm-hmm. right? So, and that leads to obviously failure because you have no choice but to quit. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. or at least put it on pause for an extended period of time, which I did. I, you know, I, I think I got bit by the bug in '97, right after I bought my first house, <laughs> and I really didn't do anything till '05, and then it was like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? <laughs> and then in '11 is like when I really got into this, and and it started working for me. But it was exactly that reason, like Chris was saying, that surrounding myself with the right people, getting the right education, mm-hmm. and then applying that with a safety net, if you will of a team behind me and around me to help me through that process. Because otherwise, I'd have been drowning, for sure. Do you know, thinking back, when I, when I first thought about real estate, was watching one of those infomercials late night. It was actually in, I know, it was 2004, 2005, laid in bed and, you know, I was coaching soccer at the time, didn't know anything about real estate, and I saw one of those infomercials on TV, buy houses, no money, no credit. I said, do you know what? 197 bucks, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to become a real estate investor with 197 bucks. And this, but I wish I still had it. 
because this box was huge with probably 20 books in there, 20 DVDs in there. And I, I opened it up, I read the first couple of pages, and I oh, stuff it, I can't do that, it's too much information. But it, it's, it sold us something great. And, you know, you don't realise the potential opportunities it has that there are those deals that you can get creative where it's, you know, you, you're buying it subject to, there's no money going into it in that respect. But more often than not, there is money in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, that was, that was 2002, or sorry, 2004, and then I didn't start here at the club until 2013. So I, I saw that box and thought, too much information, put it aside, and then waited another eight or nine years before I joined the club. So it wasn't just me. Thanks, John. No, no. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I remember my, uh, my first uh, um, purchase from an infomercial. It was books and tapes, literally cassette tapes. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I devoured that stuff, and it was, it was good. And I went out and took some action. Some of the action was wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I kept taking action. Um, I'm in a, a market that's a little bit cheaper than it is out here. So in the Midwest, we can buy houses a little cheaper. So uh, the, the deals are a little bit um, uh, less risky from that perspective. Uh, but everything feels like a big deal. Um, you know, and creativity is... is uh, that's the real trick. There was a guru, and, and it was one of the gurus that, that I was teaching for years ago, and he had some kind of a challenge where he would fly into a city and he would find no money down deals, and he would do that. Um, the challenge is they weren't good deals, but he didn't say that. You know, I mean, anybody can overpay for anything. You know, um, I mean, if if my house is upside down and I owe two hundred thousand dollars more than it's worth, mm -hmm. and somebody will say, "Hey, I'll I'll take it subject to that mortgage," you know, you may be okay with that, and uh, you know, you might get three or four of those deals in a weekend. But that doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's it's really important. I mean. Um, I'm, I'm just, and, and Tim, something Tim and I are working with right now, uh, in 2008, I sold uh, 200, well, I sold 100 rental units uh, for $2.2 million, which if you do the math, it kind of tells you about my market a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, when I sold those units, it was to a guy who, uh, he, was a, he was a real estate attorney. He was... Um, uh, an adjunct professor in a, in a university uh, teaching real estate and negotiations. Um, he got a first position mortgage for 70, well, I guess for 80%. I carried back a 30% second, so he was literally into this $2.2 million transaction for nothing. He walked away with a check. And then for the next nine years, I think his goal was to never spend money on it. So as the properties diminished and, and you don't fix them up, you just keep renting them cheaper and cheaper, and eventually the uh, first position mortgage wasn't getting paid. I didn't get paid after six months on mine, and wow. so you know, I wasn't going to foreclose off of $1.8 first. So I, you know, I just kind of waited to see what would happen. And um, after nine years, the first position mortgage uh, took some action. Um, they their action created a situation where the properties were worth even less. Then uh, they went away, 
And so in order to satisfy me, uh, he recently deeded a number of those properties back over to me. So now I have, well, recently, last summer, I ended up with a, a bunch of um, challenging uh, derelict rental houses. And uh, that's when I called Tim. And I said, look, you know, uh, we're, I'm, the only way I'm going to get made whole on this is to fix these houses again. <laughs> And so with some of Tim's resources, um, we've, we've been working through that scenario, um, you know, rehabbing a number of rental properties, uh, fixing them. More fixers than rehabs, but um, getting them occupied. Uh, and then we've been selling some in order to pay for the, for the uh, fix-up of the others. And uh, so having, again, knowing the right people, being in the right team, you're able to do more than if you're doing it all alone. Right. I've heard Dave talk about it a few times about Tim getting excited <laughs> at the opportunity to do a deal with you. And, <laughs> you, you know, I don't know that Chris knows that story. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know anything about what the deal entails other than I just heard Dave say one day Tim got excited because Chris is calling him and it's to discuss something that Tim can potentially help Chris with. No, that was Absolutely. the day that we were doing a podcast, wasn't it? We were yeah, doing we're, podcasts we're at that the studio, day. We're going to do podcasts and. He gets a phone call, and it was like a kid in Christmas, right? Seriously, it was like he, he lit, look, see the way he is right now? He just lit up, right? And we're like, what the? Chris is calling. <laughs> exactly. Chris is calling me. Not the I gotta, other way around. I got to take this call, guys. Sorry. <laughs> All right, bro, go ahead. Take yeah. the call. And then he came back with a bigger smile, right? And like ear to ear and then some. So it was cool to see, to see that for him. Oh. And and it's awesome to hear that you guys are working together and doing things. Absolutely, that's, that's great. And and I need, you know, uh, what Tim brings to the table is very important to what we're doing. Yeah. yeah at, at that time, we at that time you hadn't taken ownership of those right. properties yet. We were, we were trying to figure out a creative way exactly. to get those properties back. Exactly. And how how are we going to or how are you going to be able to take these properties back and make it make sense to where you don't um, take back bad stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you just said, everybody can buy a bad deal. So right. we want to make sure that you weren't getting back into a bad deal. So it was really cool for me to get that call from Chris. And when it was like Chris calls, you know, if I call Chris, he'll call me back. That's big deal. But when he just called me out of the blue and when I, when I answered it, he says, hey, I just want to run some stuff by you. I got a, I got a situation. I just want to <laughs> bounce some ideas off of you. And I was like, that's right. I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, it really was a brainstorming session. Yep. That yeah. situation, uh, because, you know, sometimes we, we limit ourselves. And I thought, okay, the, probably the best I can do is some kind of equity sharing situation um, with, um, with somebody who has resources that I lack. I mean, that's the best equity sharing situation. You find somebody mm-hmm. with, with what you lack. And um, as I talked with Tim... And said, you know, what what do you think about how I'm thinking? Am I am I missing something? And uh, he basically <laughs> said, well, I, I I think you're giving up too much. <laughs> and so so it was really uh, through discussing the whole transaction and the potential with Tim that um, made me think about it in a different light and uh, create another creative strategy right. that was really born out of. Um, out of the possibilities that existed beyond my limited uh, vision of it right then. I mean, remember, 
I'd, I'd been feeling beaten up by this deal for nine years. I mean, my goal was I was going to sell this. I was going to get $6,000 a month in, in mortgage payments, and I was going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I got $6,000 a month for six months and never again, and I was no not happy. <laughs> right. And then I'm getting for, you know, I'm, I'm not getting foreclosed on the bank, but I'm named as the second mortgagee in the bank foreclosure, and, you know, none of it felt good, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, at least, at least I've got a personal guarantee and I can make his life miserable. But that doesn't make me feel good either. So um, once, once we sorted out the right strategy, uh, then, then it became much more fun. Yeah. Right. You know, there's, so there's, uh, there's an interesting thing that you said there, right, that when you, because essentially you're saying you were in the weeds. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the weeds, it's hard to see everything else that's going on around you. And so you, you really were stagnating your creativity because you were so immersed in the situation right. and the emotions, right, mm-hmm. the, the finances behind it and all that. And that's a great lesson for everybody, right, because that's where most mistakes are made mm-hmm. right? because you're suffering in silence. And you need to raise your hand, come up for air, and bring in the right people in. In this case, it happened to be Tim. So that's and awesome. that's, that's where most of our sellers are. That's really where most yeah, of our sellers great, live. Great point. That's, yeah. that's, that's, they live in the weeds. They're, li- they're in the weeds. And, you know, um, I know your organization, uh, we teach that um, we're there to help them. And, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, that's a different mindset than the pe- people who are out there to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely our, our forte, if you will, is it's making sure that we serve them first. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody that's joined us and been a part of us and hangs out with us, is they buy into the idea mm-hmm. that, the homeowner comes first. And through that process, we serve them, and we buy real estate, which right. works out really well. And paychecks are kind of nice. Yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> One of the cool things, well, I, I say cool things, but, you know, I never, inside of that conversation, that brainstorming conversation, I didn't, I, I really didn't bring anything new back to the conversation. I only regurgitated back to Chris things that I've learned from him. Right, so it literally was just a matter of like you taught me this, like you're you're not seeing that, but you taught me this in class, or you taught me that as a strategy, and and you're not seeing it, but that's a possibility here. So I I think that all I did was really just give the ten thousand foot view um, where he was stuck in it, Mm -hmm. and um, I think it's kind of cool. And now we're we're actually working on creative ways to exit the properties, right? Mm -hmm. So. Packaging up these these properties in in packages of twenty five and fifty and 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 selling them That's off right. to to people who want positive cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's a he lot. He said twenty five yeah, and fifty. Twenty five and fifty. I mean, there's a lot of people that are. That, that are just joining us here at the club, they're, they're out finding that first deal. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, I've got creative. And I'm thinking, mm, 25, 50, that's it. Yeah. I know the amounts are different, but it's, I mean, I couldn't even imagine trying to wrap my head around 100 properties and splitting them up and everything else that's going on. But What's interesting is a 25... It's probably the same as what some people would pay for one. <laughs> Depending on where you're at. It's yeah. really, yeah, it's really, uh, I mean, there, there's yeah. some markets where uh, we do our analysis here in class, like we did this, you know, and, um, you know, we pull up a house and think, okay, wow, you know, I could get 
ten fifteen for that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. What is it you tell them? Just add a zero? Yeah, just add a zero, right. If, if my numbers are, are unusual, just add a zero. It makes sense. Uh, that's funny. All makes sense. <laughs> that's funny because just today Oscar was in my office and, and Chris and we were talking about a deal that Oscar and I are doing and how much money we're going to make. And Chris is like, holy cow. And my, I'm like, Chris, just... If it, if it bothers you that much, just remove a zero. Just remove a zero. He says the same oh, thing yeah. to us all the time. Now, now I get it. Like, oh, yeah, great deal. Right. <laughs> so how many, how many years, Tim, for you have you been taking Chris's class? Oh, eight, eight years. So eight years. Eight years. I, I just, I find it so cool that, you know, having this conversation about, you know, you being in Chris's class and, you know, being so attentive to not miss a class, to learn and then be able to give back to Chris in the way that you've learned from Chris before. I just, I mean, for me, I just find that so cool that, you know, you found yourself in a position to, you know, work with and, you know, help, help your men to go through Mm -hmm. whatever it is they need to solve, you know, therein. I just, I mean, I just find that incredible, really. It's, you know, and you're now doing this yourself, you're, I I know you've taught me a bunch of things. I, I know if I need something creative, I'm coming knocking on your door first in this club and uh, I just think it's fantastic so yeah you know it, it ties it right back to what Chris was talking about right that as long when you find the right group mm-hmm. and you surround yourself with the right people then all of the things that John just said are possible right mm-hmm. right right and and it's possible for everybody involved right it's not you know like we coach people we do all these things and we learn a lot from them Mm-hmm. Right, right through yeah. that process as well. So, and I'm sure the same. Would you say you, you agree with that? Chris? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right? you know, yeah. it's just through the process of teaching, you're learning, and then you're teaching that that you just learned, and then you learn some more stuff, and then you get even more creative. And mm-hmm. it's tough to be creative, like a homeowner, right? To be creative right. when, you're, when you're stuck in the weeds, <laughs> right? Because there's so much pressure and everything else. But once you can step back, man, the possibilities are, are insane. Yeah, I I was just gonna say that, like, for me, it was, like I met Chris sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. Right, as a student, as as you know, as a club member, just like just like anybody else who happens to see Chris speak in public, and it wasn't. It was about probably five years ago. Has been that long since um, Dave asked me if I wanted to go pick you up at the airport, and then from that moment on, I pick. You know, whenever Chris comes into town, I pick him up. We go have lunch. We spend an hour on the road. You know, from really an hour. Really? <laughs> They've gotten shorter over the years. <laughs> I was always wondering why the, the trip always took me out through, uh, like, uh, like San Francisco and places. <laughs> on the way back to the office. We always office, take the long but, yeah. way. I'll, they call me Magellan around here. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, like, we had an opportunity to, first of all, we talked about uh, different strategies. And when we started, I, I, I know I asked a lot of uh, questions about deals. But then it got we actually started talking about personal stuff and I, you know we started becoming more friends than right. anything else and that's what you were saying is we get we build real relationships mm-hmm. with the people that that we work with and it's it's one of the coolest things yeah. when um you know when your mentor becomes your friend and you just start you know doing things together as yeah. opposed to just a phone call and asking how do i how do i get this deal done you know mm. it's really cool you know one of the things that that i want to mention um I don't know who's going to be watching this, uh, but uh, I I don't do mentorship. I don't do formal. I, the only the only things I do is I teach classes. Um, like I said last week, my schedule was I, I did an evening. I'm I'm from Illinois. 
I did an evening presentation in Omaha, came here. Um, next week I'll be in Denver and Nevada the following week and, and so forth. Uh, people periodically come up and do you have a business card? I don't give out my information. I don't do that because nothing about me is about me. It's always about where they are and, and the group. And so, um, because even if they have my business card, I don't know that particular market. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're, they're, they think they're going to call me up and say, is this a good deal or not? And I won't have a clue. But the people here will. Right. And uh, that's why I don't give out that information. Now, there's plenty of people who have my information, and Dave and Melina and Tim and all of you guys. You can give my phone number to anybody you want to who needs a question answered. That's not a problem for me. But I, I never promote myself and I never, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a, a program for anybody. You know, uh, what I do is I teach a class. So the most important thing is to be aligned with people who are doing what you want to do in, in your area. And and that's true of everything, not just Mm -hmm. real estate. My son just graduated from seminary and, uh, he's, Going to be a pastor. Just got his first job offer. It's really good. Wow, He's, that's yeah. cool. Uh, and and we're I'm so so excited about it. And um, um, but the people who want to be in his church, his community, you know. He, he's not going to be nationwide. It's it's a like I said, it's building a group, building a network, building a family. So it's it's true of whatever the endeavor. Um, this just happens to be real estate, and I enjoy it immensely. Right. Yeah. I, and so what you guys just heard is why David Molina built the relationship with Chris mm-hmm. because he he gets it. I guess is the best way to put it. Right. That the the foundations are there, the basics are there. Those are easily taught. But you have to know your market. You mm-hmm. have to be around people that know that market. Right. So I appreciate what you said because it's absolutely true. And, you know, unfortunately, all of us have been through that circuit of buying things from coast to coast, right? It's just <laughs> is what it is. And we all, you know, I get the mailers. Uh, I get my packages <clears throat> in the mail still from things that I. <laughs> the, the guru I used to teach with, their coaches were in a phone bank in Orlando, Florida. I mean. How are they going to speak to the, your deal here? I mean, I called, uh, that that's right. I called it many times. <laughs> and just think of the math. If the same coach is doing something here and doing something in my market, and the attorney fee is the exact same amount, think of the difference in a percentage of the deal right. that happens mm-hmm. to be. And and if they don't know that math, and that's what we bring it back to the math, if they don't know that that percentage may derail one deal and not another uh that then then you need to find a different uh different organization right yeah i like to believe that i uh, actually i don't like to believe i know for a fact that if you're if you're if you're not willing to put in the work the time the effort to find the right people mm-hmm. right then don't even bother with this business right mm-hmm. because if you're just going to snap up whatever it is the next shiny object whatever it is right that comes your way you're, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to end up in a, in a situation that you don't want to be in. And I, that's because I've been there. And I know what that looks like. I know what it feels like. And it's not fun at all. But this is home now. This is, this is, this is where it's at. So, Cool. You, know, anything else? you guys are working on anything else? I think I'll tell you this. We um, mainly 
we're working on different strategies to to um, exit these, um, you know, hundred or so properties, and um, we, like I said, we're we're ready to package them up into packages of as small as one deal, right? I mean, yeah, we, we can do that. We can do one one property, one offs, but um, we're looking at packaging up in twenty five to to fifty properties at a piece um, at a time, and then, you know. Um, Fully rented, fully rehabbed, um, fully managed, you know, you know hands-off yeah. type uh, so investment. A, so it's a complete solution. Yeah. It's a complete solution. But one of, one of the things, I mean, I always tell people, understand the motivation, and <clears throat> then you'll be able to understand the creative solution. If you don't understand the motivation, then, then you don't. So my motivation is um, I got back from this individual. I mean, I, I have a number of properties and different LLCs that, that have nothing to do with this deal. But I took back um, uh, 58 units that were in need of some serious work. The ones, remember I sold 100. Mm -hmm. There were 42 that I didn't even want back. So that's how bad they were. Uh, the ones I took back needed fixed more than rehabbed. But uh, the ones we needed to fix up. So... Um, we, we were able to creatively acquire the funds to fix them up, but the motivation is I need to pay those funds and to recoup the investment. So uh, it's not that I really want to get rid of all my properties. I don't. I'm, I'm a buy-and-hold guy. I want to own as much as I can, but um, what will happen is I'll end up owning about half of them by selling the other half. And mm -hmm. so that's my motivation, to, to sell half of it in order to pay for what I'm going to be able to keep. And um, so like, like Tim said, we're, um, we're looking for a buyer uh, who is, um, you know, about 1.25, 1.5, and we can put together 50 properties, you know, Half of that, we can put together 25 properties. And it sounds like a lot of properties, but we were talking about this earlier when we were doing the analysis. The more the properties, the more stable the portfolio. If you have one property and it goes vacant, you know, it's mm -hmm. a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. But if you got 25, 50, and one or two goes vacant, or even three or four, it's, it's much more stable. Right. And so this is for somebody who's just like, maybe not excited about where the stock market is or whatever, and they're interested in something in real estate, um, that's, that's really who we're looking for. I don't do deals with students, so if, if, uh, if, if you've ever seen my name before, uh, don't call. <laughs> but, uh, but I will, uh, um, because students, students have a different expectation. Um, I, I want them to be, I want them to be interested in the deal, not interested in the relationship with me. So that's the key. Um, and so that, you know, that's, that's the main thing that I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a lot of, uh, I just bought a house on a contract for deed from a friend of mine from, from a church. He bought it for his daughter and she decided she would rather live somewhere else with someone else. And so, <laughs> and so, so he needed to sell that house. <laughs> so I bought it creatively. He would rather have monthly income. Well, I mean, once we talked about it, he realized he would rather have monthly income than a, than mm. a check. And uh, he realized that that was good for him. So we, we were talking about part of the conversation. It's just part of the conversation, uh, getting people to understand that that creative solution may be of benefit to the seller uh, much more than a cash offer. So. Right. 
Yeah, I like what you said, that understanding the motivation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then you can provide solutions or, and so forth. So that's, that's awesome. There's one thing that, um, one thing I realized probably about four years ago in, in constantly coming back to your class, Chris, is that for a long time I was here, I came and I was like absorbing all this information about subject two and all this creative stuff. And then all of a sudden one time I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I realize, man, I don't, has he ever said that before? Because it was, what I heard was more about negotiating with the seller and the conversation you're having with the seller and all of that was inside there. And now looking back, I'm like, it must have been there the whole time because it's been there for the last four years, you know, the same thing. <laughs> but I just wasn't ready to hear. It must have been there, but I just wasn't ready to hear that. But there is so much in your, in your class, in your classes about negotiating and talking to the sellers and, and really getting down to what is important to them and, and being able to, you know, even so much as um, the language that you use to make sure that they hear the offer uh, to make sure they actually hear the offer as opposed to just um, confusing them, really. Mm -hmm. So there's so much in, in his class that it took me four years to just hear that part, and I still learn something new every time I'm you know, sitting and talking to Chris. So. Or driving him through San Francisco. Or, yeah. or, or driving him the long way. I learn a lot, too. <laughs> How many exits he misses? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Hey, hey what, that looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, Chris, we're going this way. Right, right. Different way. I found a new way. I found a new way. That's awesome. Got, so, any, uh, what's that one thing that you want people to know out there about about what, what we do. The, the one thing, uh, to the, I guess the one takeaway is uh, creativity is, um, it's not a gift. It's, it's more of a, 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 a skill set that one can develop. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of the reasons we kind of bring it back to Batman. Batman has a tool belt. And it doesn't do him any good at all to pull out the wrong tool. Right. And so creativity involves listening to the challenge, understanding what is the challenge, understanding who owns that challenge. Is it my challenge? Is it the seller's challenge? Uh, and then once we understand that seller's challenge, that seller's motivation, then we can form a deal that, or, or an offer. We can form an offer that's going to make sense to them, we hope. And uh, I'm the first to say that when I started, um, about um, one in seven of my offers were accepted. So don't get the idea that if, if they say no, that, that you've done your de job poorly. If you get more yeses than no, um, you're, you're paying too much. It's, absolutely. Yeah, if you get more yeses than no's, you're paying too much. So, so the, the idea is understanding what is the challenge, who owns the challenge, crack that uh, offer relative to the challenge and present it in a way that they understand the benefit of that offer to them. And if they understand the benefit to them, they're more likely to say yes. Right. And most of the time they won't. And that's okay. Right. Yeah, I look, that's awesome because I look at it as one out of seven, right? <laughs> that's not bad if you think about it. The numbers, right? That's, that's it's better now because they call me. Because they call you, right? <laughs> but, so the point, though, is that so one out of seven were favorable, mm -hmm. but you went through the experience and the learning cycles through those mm -hmm. seven, mm -hmm. and then you did one out of seven again. So now you have experience over the 14 that you've, done, you've put together, and that just grows exponentially to where now they are calling you. 
right. 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 And so that's mm -hmm. the game changer, right? But it's it becomes consistency. And earlier you said you you bought these tapes, right? Mm -hmm. Not to date ourselves, but you bought tapes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you absorbed it all. Mm -hmm. But really, it's you absorbed it, and like you said, you took action. Taking action. And you kept taking action. And you got your bumps and bruises, right? Mm -hmm. like, oh, absolutely. Like, 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 everybody like, does. Right, right. We all do, everybody right? We does. scrape our knees, we get right. back up, it's, and it's all good. But it's, it's really about commitment, consistency, activity, right? And once you can put those things together, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Uh, tell you what, um, Chris, thank you so much. appreciate you spending the time with us. I know you've got to catch a flight and all that yeah. other good stuff. Thank so, you so much for having me. It's awesome. For, for stopping in. I know that everybody got a, a blast, had a blast in your mm -hmm. class this weekend, so... Yeah. Great stuff, and you can play with Batman again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get his last slide so yeah. So there me. you go. So <laughs> now you know who we uh, who we all learn things from. It's uh, Mr. Chris Albin here. So again, thanks for the time, you guys. Just if you probably need to listen to this a few times. So rewind, listen to it again. Uh, at the end of it all, though, it's all about creating the opportunity, right? Create the opportunity, and good things will come. So you learn from the best. You just gotta keep going forward.